Well, I guess it's my turn now. You'd think I was anxious to get up here. <clears throat> Haven't been here for a while. I guess I just forgot how things go. Well, we greet everyone in Jesus' name this morning. I welcome our visitors here. I don't know, there's a couple half visitors maybe, people that come fairly regular. And Karen Eugene, I want to welcome you all. <clears throat> It's a beautiful day again today. We had a nice rain last night to refresh the earth. We get together, get to gather together to worship the Lord. <clears throat> We're going to talk about raining this morning, but it's not the wet rain, it's a different kind of a rain. Invite your attention to Psalms 93. I think we'll read that chapter to start with. <clears throat> Psalms 93. The Lord reigneth, he is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old, thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice, the floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. I'm going to talk about that first phrase, the Lord reigneth. <clears throat> That's something that we have heard for years, the Lord reigneth. It's nothing new, and I probably won't say anything new this morning. But it's still an amazing fact when you stop and think about it and how that has so many ways of affecting our lives. <clears throat> The Lord reigneth. As I thought about the world in general, how many people actually believe that? That the Lord is actually reigning at the present time? There's probably very few people that actually believe it. I trust that we believe it. I'm sure everybody mentally believes it. Do we really have that in our hearts? That the Lord is reigning. <clears throat> it's easy for us to it's kind of a, oh, in some ways an abstract concept, if you know what I mean, something that's kind of beyond us, and so it's easy for us to um, believe it in our minds because we can't understand it all, rather than letting it come into our hearts and really change us like it should. And another thing that works against us believing that is as we look around us, we see lots of bad things around us. Lots of things in nature that seems like God isn't in control. Recently we had a hurricane that pretty much destroyed the Bahamas. Was God in control of that? Lots of bad things. Hurricanes, earthquakes, tornadoes come and destroy things. We've got global warming going on. What are we going to do about that? If we don't do something pretty soon, we're all going to die, right? Well, we will anyway, but is God in control of all these evil things? <clears throat> and then the, there's lots of bad things that people do. Mass shootings. You know, it's not even safe to go to Walmart anymore. Or people drive down the road and shoot people. Suicide bombers, hijackers, all kinds of evil things that people do. Is God in control? Is God reigning over all these things? Or what about 
church problems, church divisions, people not being unified, people having offenses, taking offenses, not getting along with each other, sin in the church, drifting, becoming like the world. Or in our own personal lives, we have difficulties. We face sicknesses. We face financial problems. We get taken advantage of. We have lack of victory at times. If God is reigning, why is there so much evil around? It just doesn't look like God is really in control, does it? Well, we don't understand. And I'm not here to say how, why these things are all in place and give a good answer for that because I don't think there is an answer at this point. Someday we'll understand it all. We would like to have answers. We would like if God would tell us why he does all these things. But I think that comes from a desire, perhaps, that we want to reign. We want God to answer to us and explain to us, why are you doing all these things? Well, God, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you should maybe change it here. But God doesn't need to answer to us. Even kings of the earth don't answer to their people. They can do whatever they want. They don't need to explain it. Job says in chapter 9, verse 12, Behold, he taketh away. Who can hinder him? Who will say unto him, What doest thou? That's not our right. We need to accept the fact that he is reigning. In Psalms 135, 5 and 6, it says, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth and in the seas and in all deep places. We could talk a long time about the evil things. We know that they're all the result of sin. That's why there's bad things in the world. But that's not what I want to focus on this morning. Focus on the fact that the Lord reigns. And if we really get that fact settled in our minds, it's going to take care of the problems we have or uh, take care of the things we don't understand, take care of these problems that face us. We don't need to be upset by them if we truly understand that the Lord is reigning. That phrase was written about, I don't know, 3,000 years ago, give or take a couple hundred years maybe. And it was written in the present tense, the Lord reigneth. So it was true back then, and it's still true today, 3,000 years later, just as true as it was then. The Lord reigneth. His reign is an everlasting reign. If we look at verse 2, it says, Thy throne is established of old. So even back then, his reign was before that. His reign over the earth began at the time of creation. When he created the earth, he was reigning over the earth. And it says, Thou art from everlasting. So even before the earth, I believe he was reigning over things. Now compare that to the reign of kings in the Old Testament. I just picked out about uh, six, seven, seven kings that reigned. There's a place in, I think it was Kings, where it talks about how long they reigned. And it changed pretty often. Nadab reigned two years, and these were all in succession. Baasha reigned 24 years. Elah reigned two years. 
Zimri reigned seven days. Amri reigned twelve years. Ahab reigned twenty-two years. Ahaziah reigned two years. So there was lots of succession. They didn't reign very long. And oftentimes it was because an enemy came in and overthrew the kingdom or overthrew the king. Someone conspired against the king, decided that they could reign better than the king. I think I can overcome him. So they sneak up on him and kill him, grab his crown, put it on their heads, and right away go and kill all the king's sons so they have no contenders. Well, sometimes that worked, sometimes it didn't. For Zimri, it didn't work very long, seven days. And then he lost his life. Well, God has no contenders. He is truly reigning without any contenders in the kingdom. And he will never die, so he will always reign. Let's not get in our heads that this is a contest between God and Satan. It's not a contest at all. God is thoroughly in control, and Satan has no option of ever overtaking the kingdom. God doesn't need to outsmart the devil. He doesn't have to figure out what the devil's going to do and then try to uh, outsmart him and gain the victory that way. Satan is fully under God's control, and he can never do more than God allows. In the book of Job, we can clearly see that. God allowed him to go so far, but don't go any further. And Satan is still under God's control. I'm sure if God wasn't reigning, that evil would be a whole lot worse. And man would probably destroy themselves. Now let's think a little bit about uh, some of the things that would happen if God wasn't reigning over all. Let's say he reigns over uh, 90% of the earth, but there's a certain section where he doesn't reign. There's a few um, powers that are against him that are not under his control. There are some things that would be completely useless, such as prayer to God. It wouldn't be any use to pray to God because if God has something that's not under his control, they could come and prevent him from answering our prayers. You know, if we pray to God and say, God, I really want you to give me victory today, and God would say, well, I'll see what I can do, but there's this other 10% here that's causing me problems. I don't know. You know, if we go down that way and think of how much we depend on God truly reigning, <clears throat> it's amazing how, how that works in our lives, even if it's not something that we're consciously aware of all the time. There would be no use to have faith in God. He couldn't keep his promises. He might be able to keep most of his promises, but he couldn't keep them all because there's something that's not under his control, something that perhaps would come and keep him from doing what he wants to do. But thankfully, that's not the case. God is in complete control. He is completely reigning over all the earth. Psalms 83.18 says that men may know that thou, whose name alone is Jehovah, art the most high over all the earth. There is no place in all the earth where God is not reigning. And there's no place in all the earth where we can go to get away from his reign. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? 
If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. His reign is over all the earth. Another important thing to remember is that God's reign is in righteousness. God's reign is completely righteous, and that's very important because sometimes his dealings with us don't feel very good. We would prefer if things were otherwise. And we begin to be tempted to doubt God. But let's always remember that his reign is in perfect righteousness. Everything is done in truth and holiness. It says there is no variableness nor shadow of turning with God. And the reason that's so important is because if there was any unrighteousness in his kingdom, in his reign, his kingdom would not stand. His kingdom would fail if there's anything that's not perfectly righteous. His kingdom could not dwell forever. It would be like any other king. But it is in righteousness, therefore it can last forever. <clears throat> Hebrews 1.8 says, But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. What confidence we can have in that. <clears throat> Now there's several responses that this fact should bring to us and it talks about in the Bible. In Psalms 99.1 it says, The Lord reigneth, let the people tremble. He sitteth between the cherubims, let the earth be moved. If we stop and realize who God is, the creator of heaven and earth, he's the, well it's difficult to describe everything he is, He is the great judge. He sees everything. There's nothing hidden from him. And truly it should cause us to tremble who we are serving and who is reigning over us. And realizing who we are. We are mortal men that are subject to um, failures, mistakes. So who are we to stand before God? It should cause us to tremble. The wicked especially will tremble. They probably aren't trembling now because they don't realize who God is. But there's coming a time when they see him him as he is. And then they will tremble, but it will be too late. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4.5 says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. There's coming a time when everything will be brought to light because that's the kind of God we are serving and who is reigning over us. And then another verse in Psalms 2.11 says, Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And that kind of brings us to the next um, response that comes from us as we realize who God is and how he is reigning. Psalms 97.1 says, The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad. When we realize who God is and how he is reigning, it causes us to tremble, but it also causes us to rejoice. Because his reign is in righteousness and truth, and because we love the king, 
That's what causes us to rejoice is when we love the king and obey his will. And we are willing to let him reign over us. That's such a key thing. We realize that when he reigns over us and makes our decisions, it's far better than if we make our own decisions. It's also a message that's worth sharing with people around us. I believe it's as important to share the fact that God is reigning over the earth as it is that God loves us. Isaiah 52.7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, Thy God reigneth. So there it's pronouncing a blessing on people that bring that message that God is reigning. Let's rejoice with that. At the beginning there I talked about many bad things that we could look around and wonder if God is reigning. But I also have many evidences that God is reigning right now in control of things around us. I have a number of scriptures here that I'm going to read. First is Daniel 4.17. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth it up over the basest of men. This was when Daniel was telling Nebuchadnezzar what was going to happen. He's going to told him he's going to be out in the fields for seven years until you know that the Most High ruleth and giveth kingdoms to whoever he will. Men rule only by God's provisions. It's hard for us sometimes to really understand that, that God sets up whom he will. I believe he's still doing that today the way he did back then. Men rule only by God's provision. So God is still a ruler, isn't he? And then when the king is put in place, Proverbs 21.1 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. So God sets him up and he controls their mind. He puts thoughts into their mind. And then also God puts thoughts in our hearts and God directs our way. Proverbs 16.9, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. We might have ideas of what we think is right or what we want to do, but God is still in ultimate control. He can bring things into our life to change our way to go a different direction. Whatever way he wants, he is directing our steps. Then in Genesis 35.5, says, And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue. That's talking of uh, the sons of Jacob when they were coming into the land of Canaan the first time. And I think it was maybe after they had uh, destroyed Shechem. It says that God, um, the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. God, for some reason, put that terror in their hearts. Don't touch these people. God was in control of that. He did not let evil come to them. 
And there's many other instances in the Bible where we could go to. I'd think of uh, the time when Abraham and Sarah went down to Egypt and Abraham told the king that this was his sister and so the king took her into his palace. But God did not let anything evil happen there. God was in control. He restrains men from evil. God is also in control of nature. It says in Psalms 147, 8 and 9, Who covereth the heaven with the clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. And also in uh, Psalms 93, we read in 3 and 4, The floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice, the floods lift up their waves. This is talking about a storm on the sea where it's fearful. But the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. He is in control of nature. All of nature is under his rule. And also, what did uh, Jesus show when he lived on earth? He truly was reigning over all the earth at that time, wasn't he? Even though he wasn't an earthly king with lots of greatness and majesty, he was clearly reigning over sickness. Was there any sickness that came to him that he couldn't heal? I believe he healed every sickness. He was reigning over demons. All the demons had to leave. And they even recognized him before he talked to them. What have we to do with thee, thou son of David? I believe some demons said. He was clearly reigning over the storms. There in the sea he calmed the storms. He was reigning over conversations. When he talked to the scribes and the Pharisees, they could never catch him in his words. They were always losing the conversation, as it were. He was reigning over fish. You know, he made the fish go on the other side of the boat so they could catch him. He was reigning over donkeys. He was always in complete control. Nothing surprised him. It was kind of interesting as I was thinking of that because we think of Jesus as meek and lowly. And, but when I stopped to think how he was reigning over everything, there was nothing that surprised him. He was in complete control at all times. <clears throat> it's a good illustration of what God is like. The real question we need to ask ourselves is, have I bowed the knee to Christ? Have I truly allowed him to be on the throne of my heart? Is God ruling there? Or do I have some things that I would like to choose? I would like to decide whether I do this or do that. Just small things, you know, that don't really matter. Is God ruling on the throne of my heart every day? It's interesting that God can be in complete control, reigning over all the earth, and yet let us make our choices. We do have a choice. This is the day of grace when God is allowing us to choose whether we're going to allow him to reign. But that day will come to an end sometime. If we choose to let Christ reign now, we will reign with him in eternity. But if we wait till the end, we will have no choice. We will bow. It says every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. 
but it will be too late. We will bow, but it won't do us any good in eternity. We will be lost. I'm looking forward to the eternal reign, that perfect reign when Christ truly is Lord of heaven and earth and does away with all evil, when the day of choice will be passed. In Revelation 11:15, it says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, we give, thee, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. I like that last phrase there, thou hast taken to thee thy great power. God has great power, and he is in control, but he is not using that as much as he will in the future. And that's what we're looking forward to is when God does um, take care of all the evil and exercise all his rights and reigns in righteousness and truth. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>